0: This episode is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is a free platform for podcasts where you can record, edit, and share your podcast all in one place. We used to use several services, one to record and then one to edit and then one to get it to you. It took time and it took money to do this and we are so happy to have found a new home with Anchor where we can do it all at once. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's ancho rfm It's seriously so easy, and soon you guys can be making money and have a big wig podcast just like ours.
1: Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us.
0: Welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. We have all of us here, Jessica and KJ and Taylor. We are so happy to be here, always. So welcome. Let's go on a journey. Today we are talking about some of like the books that have had like an impact on us, like in a kind of therapeutic way, you know, like it made us see something about ourselves or maybe learn a big lesson that we couldn't have learned or that we didn't need to learn in real life because we were able to learn it from a book or maybe like some nonfiction that really like shifted our perspective things like that. so I'm a big believer in books as therapy um this Christmas, I was reading like a very shallow kind of chick flick book that I actually got um my friends at. The public press do a Christmas Eve book exchange, and so you send someone a book, and then someone sends you a book. And I got my book, and it's called "The Bookish Life of Nina Hill," and it's a very like fluffy, beautiful, like kind of um, rom com, but in book form. I really enjoyed wow. it; it was super fun. But there was this line in it that struck me, and it said, "Life will throw you curveballs, and it's very rare you can do anything but duck." Right. And that like, totally was like, this is my life right now. A hundred percent. Like I had just had surgery. I was like, you, you can't, like, I can't even respond because all I can do is just duck and be like, well, we just keep on going, you know? But it's so funny how like just one line in a book or one character in a book can really like touch you and change you and like, Help you connect to yourself in a new way. I just love it so much. So, I'm always such a fan of like book therapy. So, today we're going to tell you about our book therapy. So, who wants to go first? KJ, would you please step up and tell us your favorite books?
2: My first book has some really tough themes, like themes of adoption and trauma and like journey to find self. So, it starts with a boy. Who? <laughs> like you're setting us up for the opposite. Yes, I feel. I feel like that's accurate. I like,
0: feel are like... you gonna talk about Harry Potter? I,
1: you are <laughs> you so are. smart. How I did you, you were, get like, that? Adoption? I was like, she's gonna talk about Harry Potter. How did you get that's
2: that so from good. those few lines I said? Uh, I was really gonna don't take know. you on a ride, but you. Oh my gosh! You have to <laughs> You take so my <laughs>
0: just ride still. I was enjoying it. I just also was laughing because I was like, it's going to be Harry Potter and this is going to be really good. So I want to see where you're going with it.
2: Oh, it was Harry Potter, but it was actually just a joke. That wasn't the book I was going to share. I, just I mean, I see could do how long Potter. it took you, and it took you like two, two seconds. seconds. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm also, like, very intimately acquainted with Harry Potter. Like, I've read it more than anyone I know in real life. I think there's definitely people out there, mm-hmm. like, easily 40, 50 times per book. Easily, What? For the earlier books. Like, one, two, and three, and four. Easily. I read them so much. I cannot emphasize how much I read them when I was younger. <laughs> like, so much. Oh gosh, so I, I would have this. like ages memorized it was wild anyways but that was like wow. yeah that was when I was younger and was just like I'm not gonna read anything by Harry Potter this is my whole life now I did I... learn a lot from Harry Potter I still think let's like, hope I so think after you read it up. that many times I know right I kind of view it as like my bible so I love it but I do like I do like that idea of like good versus evil and stuff and so oh, yeah. it's not a bad thing to like believe in it's very anyways, intricate. it is
2: so, anyways that that was definitely not what That's I was going to book. say. So, my first book is called A Man Called Uve by Frederick Bachman, and I am saying that author's name in a total American accent, but it's probably like Friedrich Bachman, probably. But, um, <laughs> so I love this book because I think the author did a great job of taking some really heavy themes and like interlacing it with humor and like feel good so you're reading about some themes like loneliness and depression and suicidality um but it's also a story of like friendship and companionship and grief and overcoming and healing and so it follows the story of this elderly gent whose wife has passed away and he's really lonely
0: when you called him a gent, gent.
2: it was just like too much
0: because then I just remember the whole story and it's so sad yeah it it is but it's also so heartwarming but when you said a gent who just lost his wife then I just like lost yes my wife.
2: Sorry. it is no that is very true it's like heartbreaking and heartwarming all at once and I think that's why I really liked it so it just follows the story of him and his grief and loneliness but then he has some neighbors move in next door and I won't say really who they are or what their family is like because I think that's kind of like the joy in the story Um, but I definitely recommend it For I don't know I think it's a book that can kind of give a lot of hope in these times where it's like simple acts of friendship or just like feeling like helping someone feel needed and like letting someone know that they're needed can go a long way for someone and it just really is a story that speaks to like we don't ever truly know what someone's going through until they open up and share And so what can you kind of do to allow them that safe place to open up and share with you what's going on? So that is my first book. My second one I wanted to share is The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna, which is another fiction novel. But um, this book I recommend if you want to be wrecked. By a book reading experience, um, Which people I, like you know. Yeah, no. I sometimes I, you need I it. Used to read books like this a lot because, as we've talked about, I can be pretty emotionally unavailable or detached, and so like watching sad things or reading tough things um, helped me connect emotionally to myself. Since becoming a mom, I haven't been able to touch things like that because I'm just a lot no more need. emotionally yeah. yeah exactly now <laughs> yeah. um but the nightingale is a story set in France during World War II and i for some reason just love world war II fiction i mm-hmm. am very I have a theory right do
0: you like things about the holocaust or do you like things about the war both Interesting. so what does that say about me you're right in between
2: male and female. Is that also true? <laughs> um, I can <laughs> easily look like I'm a man with certain oh makeup and clothing. You can so. because Barbie.
0: I, uh, mm-hmm. I uh, once took her as my date and people believed that she was a man for sure to yep. a Halloween party. Yeah, But anyways, my theory is that men – Like a lot of people are obsessed with World War II. Like, it's a very interesting time in history, I think, because if you want to get into like my deep thoughts, right? It's because it is like the quintessential battle for good and evil in our time. So I think that we can all like relate to it in that way. It's the same reason we like Harry Potter, right? But Mm -hmm. my theory is that boys generally gravitate towards the war part of it, and then the girls gravitate towards the Holocaust part of it. Like, when I was younger, I read so many books on the holocaust and then my husband read so many books on like the battles Mm -hmm. so it's like really interesting and uh, like all of my friends were obsessed with the holocaust all of my family members who are male are obsessed with like the battles so interesting Mm -hmm. this is a unfounded theory
2: just uh throw a wrench in that (laughs) (laughs) so kj's right in the middle (laughs) this book It follows two sisters and just their struggle to survive and they have just kind of different personalities and it's interesting seeing the dynamic like older sister versus younger sister and one sister that's like very driven for like excitement and is daring and one sister who's like taking care of her home. Um, throughout, and I found it to be really interesting because I don't have siblings, so like reading about sibling dynamics has always fascinated me as well. Just learning, and I think that's helped me as a therapist too. You know, working with siblings that maybe are experiencing sibling rivalry and things like that, which I've never experienced. So I don't know. I just I just have a tender place in my heart for that book for a number of reasons but definitely recommend it if you're in a place where you can feel some emotions and let those freely flow when you read. So that's it awesome. with a side of Harry Potter.
1: So my I have two books that I'm going to share and the fir- or both of them are fiction because I prefer fiction. Actually, one of them was considered nonfiction first, and then it was established that it was more fictional, which is oh. dramatic. So the first wow. one is A Million Little Pieces by James Frey. And so oh, this is- Oh, you've was... talked about this before, and I always think I should read this because yeah. Taylor loves it, but I haven't it, read it yet. So... Oh, good. A little bit on the heavier side. So the issue with um the book, and I don't know if if you guys listen to this and you're like, well, do you do you know this piece it's the fact that like james Frey, like kind of portrayed the novel that it was his experience like real life experience um however it was like discovered later that it wasn't and it was fiction and that was very dramatic i however have zero opinion about this i do not care because for me the merit of the novel is outstanding (laughs) and what he said right okay exactly so like i love the writing in the book. Um. So this book, the basically the book is about James Ray's character, and he is a drug addict, and um, he basically like wakes up on a plane with a giant hole in his face, and he's being shipped to a treatment center in the Midwest pretty much. And he doesn't remember anything. He's been blacked out. Uh, Basically, it's like if he doesn't stop using, he will die. And so his family drops him off at this treatment center. It's it's his experience there. And um, I feel like at the time that I read this book, I was really experienced exploring the concept of pain and suffering, uh, both like physical and emotional. So for me, I was trying to like navigate a lot of like painful experiences from my life. And then just reading James phrase kind of accounts for his character and the excruciating pain that he describes that he like experienced. I just really connected to that. And kind of because it's like we really shy away from pain because it's painful and uncomfortable, but also we shy away from really deep, dark, emotional pain. So a lot of the times we can get lost in that. We don't truly understand it. We don't know how to get out of it. We think that there's something wrong with us if we're in it. So I wanted to just read this little um, quote from the book. It's kind of a heavy book, so uh, know that if you are going to read it. But he says, I close my eyes and I let my body shut itself down and I let my mind wander. It wanders to a familiar place, a place I don't talk about or acknowledge exists, a place where there is only me, a place that I hate. I am alone, alone here and alone in the world, alone in my heart and alone in my mind, alone everywhere all the time for as long as I can remember. And I feel like that quote in the book, it just really like Help me like understand like pain and suffering and how he managed it and how he looked at it and how he shifted his perspective and how he endured into a place where he was then, you know, I won't spoil the ending, but able to like function and wrap his mind around. It kind of took the scariness away from emotional pain for me. So, I love that book. the The writing is very different. I think about uh, Jessica reading it, and um, the grammar in the book might drive Ugh. you mad. I mean, it's <laughs> fine if it's like, on purpose. Yes, you know? it's very purposeful. There's like no punctuation. There's no quotes. There's no he said, she said. It's just like following train oh, of thought so it's very it's really it's an interesting read but yeah so that was my first one is a million little pieces and the second one again is like another kind of heavier read it's uh the time traveler's wife by audrey Niffenegger, and that one Ooh. is like so good something that i love and i mean the movie was good as well with eric banna and rachel mcadams um mm-hmm. however i've think that the book is superior as most of the time it is but Mm -hmm. premise of that book is that there is an individual our main character and basically he can time travel and he doesn't choose when he time travels it happens to him it's kind of uh established that it's like a neurological disorder like a genetic defect and um yeah he travels through time and he can't decide when or where it happens he can't take anything with him it is oh, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, that would be so terrible. But then he, like, makes contact with his wife in the book, and he visits her when she's a small child. And for me, it is just one of the most, like, epic love stories. And the reason why that book, like, affected me emotionally and kind of changed my outlook on love is because I feel like, love and relationships are often portrayed in a way that are very unrealistic and even in movies it's kind of like oh yeah like they have this conflict and then they overcome and then everything's fine Um, but what I love about this book is it's very apparent that it is hard like (laughs) it's very hard hard for them. you know, people always say relationships take work, you know, committed relationships and being with a partner, it takes work, but what is that work? And I think that it really is like in this book, I saw these two characters choosing each other over and over and over and over again, like, no matter how hard their life got, no matter how complicated things became, like they, it would have been really easy for them to walk away from each other and be done. Uh, But they didn't. And for me, that's why it's such an epic love story, because they continued to choose each other despite just having this crazy life and these crazy complications. And so it's very inspiring to me. It's very realistic to me in the terms of um, how much work that they put into their relationship. And I don't know. It just kind of made me want that kind of love, like not a perfect love, not somebody that's perfect, uh, but somebody that is flawed just like me, but we continue to choose each other and our flaws every day. So I loved that book. I would recommend it to anyone.
0: Both of you guys had good books that also have good movies. So if you're just a movie person, you can just watch the movies. <laughs> I cried the most I've ever cried in a movie. Just kidding. In Time Traveler's Life. But almost. Saving Mr. Banks was number one, actually. So,
1: Whoa.
0: But Time Ta- Traveler's Life was one where I was like, please don't turn on the lights. Please don't turn on the lights. Because I was like with all of my college friends, you know. I'm like I, weeping. I'm op- sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I cannot do not turn on the lights. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so some books that I love, I have just like a gajillion and I could tell you what I learned from each one, right? you know, like from this one, I learned about humility and from this one, I learned love, you know, like I learned like fun and fancy, free life from Anne of Green Gables, but then I also learned that like I'm important from a little princess, and you know, I feel like. There's this wonderful quote that's from Gilmore Girls that I will look up who it's from, but it says, I cannot remember the books that I have read, even so they have made me. And I 100% believe that. Like the books that we read have an impact on us. I do think it's a lovely way to see inside someone else's experience and try and understand what they're feeling. I just love it for that. So the books that I chose, the first one I'm going to do is the one that I named my daughter after. So the book is called Anna Burning first of all, I just liked the name Anna. So that's like, let's just get that out of the way. Like I wasn't like so in love with the character and she's so perfect and blah, you know what I mean? Like I just also was like, this is a great name, but let me tell you about Anna Burning. So it's the second book in a series. The first book is called Goose Girl. It's by Shannon Hale, whom I have met and I really did love. She really is a very genuine person. I really like all of her books. Um, So Goose Girl is like a retelling of a modern fairy tale. So there's like a little bit of magic, which I love. So Anna Burning, the concept is that Anna, um, the main character, has learned how to speak the language of fire. And so she can speak it. But the problem that she has discovered is that the language of fire will eat you alive. She quickly learns that like the fire is going to burn her alive. Um, And so she's kind of trying to use her powers to help her country and her friends and her family members and all of this kind of stuff. Um, But she really gets like swayed into this really kind of power hungry, really difficult position. She's swayed by this person who's very powerful. Um, She's swayed by her own power of being able to speak the language of fire, all of this stuff. And so she makes huge mistakes, like big mistakes, irreparable mistakes, like mistakes that cost people lives, things like that. Right. And so it's a really huge, terrible thing. What I love about Anna is that her story is very much one of redemption. Like she ruins a lot of things, but in the end, she just really like crawls out of it and like by relying and trusting her friends, relying on and trusting her friends, she is able to make everything right again and to be able to like calm the fire inside of her, like literally, which also figuratively, right? So that's where like me reading it, I can see how like, okay, this is how we learn to rely on others. And it's okay if we need help and it's okay that I'm not perfect inside and that it's okay if I do make really big mistakes that actually like impact people's lives, I can fix it and I can heal from it, you know? So that was kind of like what I wanted my daughter's like legacy to be, you know, is like she doesn't have to be perfect. I didn't give her her name. Like even the first book, like the main character is very much flawless kind of, you know, but Enna is like very much flawed. And so I love that about her but I was like, I don't know, probably like 14 or 15. I don't know when like Anna Burning came out, but like I was 14 or 15 when I discovered Goose Girl and became way obsessed with it. And so I was like very young and it was a very like important thing for me at that young age to be like, oh my gosh, okay, I don't have to be perfect. It's okay. Like people will still like me. She still has friends. And then it it's a series and there's actually like uh, Four books. There's four books, and so I also love that she continues in the next books, and you can see her grow even more in the next book, and then even more in the last book. So it's kind of fun that you like follow her, and she really is like a very flawed person who just like is continually getting a little bit better. So that's why I love that one. Okay, then the other book I wanted to talk about is um, the Glass Castle. Have you guys read that?
1: Yes. Oh right. So that's like. <laughs> so do
0: you, do you want to be a social worker? Read The Glass Castle and you'll <laughs> yes. know if you do or not. So for me, like The ga- the Glass Castle really is like why I do therapy um, for sure. Like that's just what it is for me. It's like that book has shown me so much about a different life, about someone else's life who's so radically different from mine because the whole premise of the book is Jeanette Walls is the author and it's autobiographical and it's about how she grew up in a very poor, very dysfunctional kind of family who hopped around a lot of places and were often homeless. And her parents had, you know, a lot of like, mental health issues and whatever and whatnot. And so for me, it was like reading that really opened my eyes to this whole like other way that people are raised and the life that they are given. And I felt so much like I wanted to be able to intervene and help Whenever I could in those circumstances. And that's actually why I worked with foster kids for so long. Like my whole actual 40 hours a week career was just doing like foster kid work, foster kid work, working with foster kids and kids who are adopted out of foster care because I just like felt it so strong. But I love that ability to let you see and understand what someone else has gone through who's so radically different from you. But I love that book because I think it does a really good job of showing you this whole other life that people are given that can be radically different from yours or very much the same. And then you can kind of feel this camaraderie with someone who has lived it and come out of it, you know. So that's my other one. So good.
2: I have so many books I need to read now.
0: I know. I know. And I just like want to talk about more. Cause they just like keep coming to my head now, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, Oh yeah. And this one, cause basically if you say like, this is a favorite book of mine, I guarantee it's because it like spoke to you in some therapeutic way of like mm-hmm. showing you something about yourself, showing yourself, showing you something about others, teaching you a lesson, you know, that's the beauty of books.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're good coping skills as well. Just like losing yourself in a book for a while when your real mm-hmm. life feels overwhelming. Yeah. I love reading love for that. It. And it makes you a little bit smarter, which always makes me feel better, you know, like I'm using yeah, it my doesn't
0: brain. doesn't hurt. <laughs> you know. Yes.
2: Well, let us know if you liked this episode. Uh, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts is always so helpful. Um, you can connect with us on our email or social media, but let us know your favorite books and we'll have to add them to our list. Thanks for listening
1: thanks for joining us today we want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about we want you to have a voice in this process so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes you can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com and if you search thoughtspod you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter All original music is composed by Milan Friage from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.